Hey, and welcome back to the Botanical Creative. And you may have noticed last week there was no episode. Well, that was because I was in rural. Yeah, so sad. <laughs> rural Tasmania with no reception. So it was a little out of control. Yeah, but and now you're back. And now I'm back. I got. So I jumped on a boat, went to Tassie, and I arrived back in Melbourne just in time for the lockdown. And if you don't know already, Ali Jane is not in the same room. I E L. Yes, we are far apart, unfortunately, <laughs> once again. But it's good to be back on the podcast. It seems to be our routine of having a really good audio yeah. one week yeah. and then it just goes to crap because <laughs> we can't be in the same room. Just, so. Yeah, just mixing it up a bit, you know. Yeah, just mixing it up. But no, it was cool <laughs> to get... Yeah, well, it was cool to get away to Tassie, you know, because I've been trying for a okay. few months and it's been cancelled and yeah. then... Not cancelled and then cancelled and third time's the charm I finally got to actually Well, go. you're lucky you went when you did because you came just just as they were announcing the lockdown so you managed to squeeze in your Well, home. you know what? We, we, we thought about it and we're like, let's go the week just like the start of the week before people come back from school holidays and escape because in past history, right, every time there's school holidays... And people come back, they do the wrong thing, and we go into a lockdown, and it's really frustrating. So yeah, timing was pretty, pretty good this time. Um, and I don't yeah, know, definitely. I don't know if you found it when you went to Tassiel. It felt like before COVID, it felt really um, safe and almost as if the pandemic hadn't affected that tiny little part of the world. Yeah, I guess because you feel kind of remote in Tassie, no matter where you are. You just kind of feel away from all the busyness and everything. It's the first time that I've been able to take like a a deep breath and just like let it out and just you feel the weight come off your shoulders that the pandemic has created. And yeah, freedom it, of being on holiday. Yeah, it's it's like a true holiday and without any risks. Of course, within Tassie, like you're still checking in everywhere and you're sanitising and they're yeah, sanitising. So where did you, where did you start out? So, just Hobart? So, we started in Hobart because, fun fact for anyone who might not know, I'm a fan of whiskey and so is my partner. And we went to a few distilleries and we purposely stayed in Hobart for the first half so we could go to a bunch of different distilleries, um, which we were very successful in. Sorry. So, we went to Solomon's Cove, which is based out of just out of Hobart which is a pretty well-known Australian whiskey maker. And yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, really really good oh, stuff. Um, very expensive as well as another one is Lark, who had it like a tasting house in so Hobart. So one of the, the most well-known? No, the, the godfather of whiskey in Australia is Lark because they started it pretty much. Um, yeah. So their whiskey is very very pricey and it goes for a high dollar but so does Solomon's Cove um most Australian whiskey does go for a high high cost to be honest but then we went to a beautiful estate and I actually sent Ellie Jane some photos which I've got to put photos up on my socials of this like French chateau looking distillery oh that sounds nice I sent you a photo do you not remember <laughs> oh yeah yeah. Well, you said quite a few. I know there was a lot more back then. Yeah, but this this sort of French-inspired-looking distillery, well, it was pretty old anyway, so it probably isn't inspired. But um, 
was another really cool place and they're really did affordable. You, did you try the whiskies or? Yeah, they were they were really good. And they're yeah, really, you, really affordable. No, I wish I was, but I'm not. But anyway. But anyway, what so. Was, what would be one of your favourites? Definitely Sheen, which is that um, sort of chateau looking estate or that big estate. And it's cheap, okay. affordable, really unique flavours in their whiskey too. So if you're a whiskey fan. Are these fan, all based around Hobart area? They were based closer to Richmond. Um, oh, yeah. Which is Doesn't like. Too far out. It's like 30 minutes from Hobart. It's not that bad. Um, yeah, I mean, wherever you go in Tassie, it's pretty close. Yeah, compared to like Melbourne, you have to travel an hour just to get somewhere close. Yeah. Um, but no, so we did a few distilleries. The second day was more of a fun day. It was really cold. It was about like five or six degrees, and I went to the Botanic Gardens of Hobart, which was really yeah. nice. And I've only ever been there in winter, so I still am trying to get there in like a summer or a spring season, but. Um, that was really cool to go to because they're doing a bit of new development there, so they're creating some new gardens and sort of themed walks through their, yeah, their gardens. Yeah, Tassie, is Tassie known for its gardens? It's not really, is it? You know what? I don't think it is because you drive around, there's very rarely a garden centre and very rarely is there yeah, a sign saying open gardens. And, and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's probably more so agriculture instead of horticulture because yeah. um, yeah. there's like a thousand sheep everywhere. It's the land of yeah. sheep. Do you think that could change? Like, that's something... Or do you think the climate doesn't really allow it? Um, it's probably not the climate. I think it's more the market down there. I think you've got a lot of older generations down there who are probably a generation of farmers, and that's what they're known until newer generations start becoming a little more, bit more populated through Tasmania. You might start seeing yeah. that garden trends come through, but... I'm sure there's definitely pockets like in Launceston and yeah. um, in Hobart itself that yeah there's opportunities for. But um, but there, with that said, like off um, Mount Wellington, um, there's a really amazing native nursery that sells like hue and pines and all these rare alpine oh, really? plants in that. Yeah, um, which last time I was in Tasmania, which was like two or three years ago. I brought a whole bunch of them and brought them back over on the boat in my car and I managed to get some to... So you can buy some, like, what, little human pines there? Yeah, yeah. Plants yeah, definitely. Um, which was the yeah, other... Did you get any this time? No, because I didn't go there this time. I didn't get time to go, uh, which I wanted to, but I ran out of time. Um, but For the next trip? For the next trip, definitely. I'll be loading okay. the car up. But um, it was cool to go through the botanic gardens and see their little hue and pine forest because it was so cold yeah. but fresh bit of rain the the foliage was really pretty with all like the raindrops hanging off it because yeah, it's a pendulous tree that, like tree coverage it's it's pretty icy yeah Everyone's oh, it, it was so cold at botanic gardens later on in the trip i went to cradle it was colder at the botanic gardens than what it was in its alpine yeah. area but um no the botanic gardens are beautiful and they've got this amazing conservatory have you have you actually yeah. been? No. Okay. No. But they've got this really cool conservatory that looks like it's made out of limestone maybe or sandstone and you walk in and it's just like a tropical oasis. They had so many beautiful um, bromeliads and um, orchids in full flower and they've got this really wow. big fountain in the middle so it's sort of quite grand. 
Um, yeah. So that's always pretty to see. So it was nice to see some flowers in bloom there. Wow. And they they have like natives and, and that kind of thing there as well. Obviously. They had natives more on the first portion of the gardens, um, but as you sort of walk further through, it's more like a real botanical collection of global plants. Um, so you start seeing yeah. things that are around the world, which actually reminds me there's this really cool part which you won't find anywhere else in australia they've got an antarctic collection and it's this little antarctic yeah little boxed building which is even colder than what their winters are on the inside it was really really cold inside with fans blowing and you walk in and someone who's maybe not horticulturally minded might not be as impressed but as a horticulturist, you walk in and it's pretty amazing to see these tiny little mosses and really low-growing little plants and, you know, grasses and stuff, which most people might not think much of, right? But uh, So it replicates kind of... No, they're, the they're plants that, are, that, were, that were extracted from the Arctic and for them to actually do it, wow. they had to put this sort of... I have to write up about it and I might put it on my blog because it's really fascinating, but... They built this little shelter around it on, at, in the Antarctic, around these plant specimens that they were going to extract and bring back to Tasmania just to culture them so they could shift them. Wow. So, but, so the, the Antarctic plants are pretty cool. Um, and then they have a Japanese garden there as well, which um, is really well done. But one thing with the Japanese gardens is which you would agree, Al, they don't really have red in them. Red? Yeah. Colour? Yeah. That's true, yeah. Unless, I, obviously, you're going in autumn and you see the, the well, maple leaves. I mean more by, like, furnishings, right? So, in China, because I've been to China, their gardens will have, like, more red, like, um, not totems, but, like, bridges and beams and things like that in Japanese uh, gardens yeah. you see much more natural textures yeah I was going to say they're more natural so one they're of the like plants and everything just all yeah. as they're meant to be so one of the things that I really don't like about the design of the Japanese garden in the Hobart Botanic Gardens is that it's got this really bright red bridge and if it was bridge? A, yeah bridge and yeah. if it was a true representation of Japan, that bridge would probably be made out of wood, not a bright red metal. Um, yeah. But otherwise, everything else in that garden's done really, really well. Yeah. So... It was interesting you noticed that striking difference to the Japanese garden you used to back in Japan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But otherwise, it's still a really pretty little garden. It's pretty well done. And I think they actually had an... A landscape architect from Japan come out and help them design the garden so there is some authenticity to it yeah it's, it's very well done but there is certain things in it which don't feel quite right um but otherwise it's a really good you would expect in a way yeah 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 um and then from there i went up to the west coast of tasmania or not coast, oh, yeah. but west rugged, side. Rugged, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, that's like we stayed in an area called Talar, and no, like by no means is it like a tourist spot, right? Because it's just an, a little rural town, 
but it's a nice area because of the the aesthetics of the view and the mountain ranges um that's nice like lake area there yeah that's why i like it it's pretty amazing for its lakes and um we did a hike at um cradle mountain instead of doing the dove lake circuit which i did last time in a snow blizzard i was like i'm not doing that again because i've already done that (laughs) and that's like a four hour walk i was like i'm gonna do lake lilia which i don't know if you've done it have you done it no no so it's a track off to the right of dove lake and it's really really pretty the day we went it was raining um which it luckily cleared up but um, it was just like the tracks were completely covered in water, so you, you're walking through water a lot of the time. And um, yeah, but when, yeah, which I didn't have. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the cool thing was when I got to Lake Lilia um, or Lilla. I think I can't remember right now. I think it's Lilla. Um, Lila. Lila. Maybe it's Lila. I'm saying I'm it wrong. Sure. It's Lake <laughs> Lila. Let's just go with that. Um, but. It was super clear even after the rain and still the water you could see right through to the the base of this um the pond or the river whatever oh yeah and then wow. it took on the color of like an amber or a ruby color which probably was like a greenish color no red like a reddy amber oh, red. yeah oh, wow. which someone on my um social media commented it might have been due to the is it the the tannins um oh, yes Yep. which it's it taken the color from which is completely Tiny. correct yeah well uh, it wanted like a yellowish color yeah and it was really pretty with like the, the the vibrancy of all the the foliage around and the vegetation and I seeing one of your photos yeah amazing. and the cloudy sort of foggy because it was very foggy the day i went and then just yeah. this really bright vibrant water it was really really pretty um but that was really cool and then I went up and did the I think it's like the it's not the not the I think it's the um what do you call it the crater track which isn't quite the peak but it looks out on the whole valley and you can see everything like 360 which was really cool and then tracked back down that was yeah that's the next part which I um walked through fields of what they call button grass which is this really cute tufted mounded grass and at the bottom of each grass or most of them were these burrows right so they're bloody wombat burrows and I was like I really want to see a wombat so my goal was to see it because it's sort of where the overland track which is a famous bush track in Tasmania starts which I think takes like five days to do which I want to do one day. These grasses were sort of in that area and it was like a valley and I spotted one wombat, which was like a really furry, fat wombat, which was so far away from the track. I was like, I really want to try and get a photo of that. But I couldn't quite get a clear shot. But I was like, I I saw one, so I was happy. So I continued on. And then there was another one that was a bit closer that I could get a photo of. I was like, oh, great, I've seen two. And then I went like another 50 metres and there was one like literally on the track that I took all those photos of and that video of. And from there, it's like it's like the wombat gods just decided, yeah, they'll all come out. And they just all started coming out from wombat everywhere. Scene. Yeah, and there was like 25 of them in every wow. spot you could think of. So it was really cool. I don't think I've seen that many wombats ever. No, and you know what was really nice is that 
they were also different some were like really gray some were a bit more like caramel colored and then some had different types of fur so it was quite interesting to see so many different types of them um in the one area but it's like these Uh, what time were you there do you remember Mm -hmm. what day was i there what time of day no time of day the time of day that i went through the wombat valley was i reckon around about no the last bus was at four so i'd say it was about 3 50 p.m so it's three okay. o'clock in the it's afternoon. Usually, yeah, towards the you know mm. early evening. That's when they used to come out. So. Yeah, but it was pretty cool. And like, I don't know if people know, but wombats like they're real little bodybuilders. They're like real stocky, right? But they're not slow. Uh, okay. But like the thing is, they're gonna. No, they, they run pretty fast. Actually. They are so fast. They are really, really fast. And if they want to charge you, they'll charge you and they will hurt you. I oh, yeah. you got to watch out. Yeah, they're pretty vicious. But these ones were pretty friendly, which was nice. Yeah, they're yeah. used to people, I guess. I guess so with those hiking trails there. But it was really yeah. cool. But, um, but yeah, so there was plenty of fur logs in the valley that day, which was great. <laughs> so that was the, one of the highlights of your trip. Yeah, it was really cool because, you know, it, would, it was nice to see them, especially in that sort of setting. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the trail, there was a patamalan as well, which was really cute and got a good oh, shot of him what, too. What do they look like? They look like mini wallabies, but they're smaller than a wallaby. Oh, okay. So yeah. we, we call them fur melons as well. It's just because they're, <laughs> they're cute. <laughs> but that was cool to see that too. So, yeah. you know, and then the vegetation was amazing. I wanted to stop at the ranger's hut so I could learn about the vegetation there, but I ran out of time, so I'm hoping to do some research online and learn about the vegetation a bit more. But, yeah, the button grasses are really cool. I'm going to put a photo up of them soon, but, you know, there's just, like, as far as your eye yeah, can see, so just these tufts of grasses. Yeah, through that valley, the yeah. yeah, and it must be, like, what the wombats love because it was, like, little channels yeah. of river or water running through the valley and it was just all moss so they're feeding yeah, off the moss wow. and the grass but then they live under these tufts of grass like they burrow under them so it's like little villages yeah, shelter. <laughs> yeah. but it was really cool yeah. so no it was a, it was a good trip and then yeah jumped back on the boat and the day yeah. like the night of being on the boat they're like yeah locked out of melbourne i'm like great so yeah <laughs> welcome back <laughs> welcome back just the welcoming <laughs> i wanted but yeah so yeah. no it's it's yeah it was nice to get away and just experience a bit of life before you know the craziness yeah, again sounds like a good trip yeah it was good i wish it would have been longer so yeah um don't you always be yeah <laughs> be a nice place to live one day i reckon but um no it was, yeah. a, it was really pretty and um yeah so that's where okay. where i've been and you've posted some photos online already haven't you yeah, and I've got heaps to still oh, go. Your socials. Yeah, so I'm going to be trying to put some stuff up maybe twice a day or once a day at least just to share some yeah, of the Yeah, so everyone's check the them out. Check out those photos. <laughs> fur logs and uh, yeah. those, that cool water shot as well. Yeah, because yeah, they're up now. But, yeah, so that, that was Tasmania for me. But I think um, next week we will get back into a bit more of, like, the arts and the plant side of things. Yeah. Um, on our creativity. Yeah, so this was sort of like a podcast holiday in a way. You had a break from us for a week <laughs> and now we're back. Now <laughs> we're back into things. Yeah, but um but no, we will catch you guys all next week and fingers crossed we will actually be able to 
be in the same room, but it's looking like unlikely because the lockdown is going to well has extended. So. Yeah, well, lockdown is until the end of Tuesday next week. So yeah, the twenty seventh. Probably not next week, but fingers crossed for the week after at least. Yeah, which um, yeah, so we'll see how we go. I've got some fun yeah. plant breeding stories which I can share with you guys next wow. week. Um, and some exciting news next week, which I won't reveal today, but next week. Oh, exciting. Yeah. But from, <laughs> but yeah, so until next time, Al. Thanks yeah? for joining us tonight. Yeah. Yes, until next time. <laughs> we will catch you Talk then. You later. See ya.